where is your checkout once you've added something to cart? It needs to be a clear path. We've all seen it, I'm sure, where you're on mobile and the, you add something to cart and it kind of feels like it disappeared. Like that's a great example of a bottleneck. It needs to have a, a congruent and logical next step. And making those kind of moves can be really impactful to improving that overall conversion rate. Leave your ego wherever it might be. Go through the landing page that you've just sent this customer to and see if it actually makes sense and see if it's actually going to scratch the itch that they were hoping to get by clicking that ad. Having that continuity the whole way through and the messaging that brings them through from the point in which they've been curious about it to the point in which they're literally typing in their credit card details is this super important play. There's nothing better than hanging out with your best friend, someone who finishes your sentences and knows you better than you know yourself. It's time for retailers to be their shopper's next best friend. With Bluecore, brands can match shoppers with the products and offers they want to see next across all digital channels, including SMS. So put the power of a personal shopper in your shopper's pocket. Visit bluecore.com to see how brands like Noble, Express, and Bliss are making shopping fun again and becoming their shopper's next best friend. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. This is the DTC Podcast. I'm Eric Dick, and we are back with the Pilot House Brain Trust as we talk about a new audit program that we are unrolling here on the Pilot House side. Uh, on the last chat, we chatted with Evan and Liam and Kyle about the traffic aspect of our audit as well as the creative aspect of our audit. You can go back and listen to that interview if you missed it um, to talk about the 19-point inspection that we kind of go through. We went through each of the points uh, to talk about you know what value you can add at each one and gave you a lot of tips about the value that you can add in your funnel um, just by listening. So today we're going to tackle the third main category of these audits, which is customer experience. And that starts with CRO. Kyle, why don't you kick us off? Because you have been optimizing conversion rates since we worked together before 2010. You've built products around conversion rate optimization. A lot of what Pilot House does is centered around this ability to optimize traffic flows. How do you conceive of CRO you know, in the context of these audits? Thanks, Eric. CRO is such an interesting broad spectrum of ideas. Um, CRO typically like, you know, a CRO agency, it's like, here is a customer experience flow and we will work with your Shopify developers to build that, right? Then there's, you know, on-page content optimization. Then there's, you know, funnel bundling, uh, creating, you know, subscription flows and measuring all that data and so on. So for, for us at Pilot House, really, you know, where we're making our decisions because we were a traffic first business, we had to create higher AOVs. We had to create, you know, higher conversion rates so that we could actually spend more into our partner clients and back in the day into our own stuff, right, as, as affiliates or, or, or product owners. And so um, CRO for us really is everything we can do post-click to make more money. And uh, specifically on the Facebook team, our buyers are working, you know, bundling upsells, one-click upsells working in cart, um, you know, cutting out noise and, and, and increasing EPCs, earning per click for those newbies out there uh, at all costs so that we can keep spending and spending and spending. Very cool. So what are some of the main things that, you know, our listeners need to be aware of that might be bottlenecks in their current CRO flow? Yeah. So one that comes to mind, where, where is your checkout once you've added something to cart? So needs it needs to be a clear path. Um, sometimes it's, we've all seen it, I'm sure, where you're on mobile and maybe it's optimized on their their actual like desktop version of, the, of their site but you know when you're on mobile and the 
the atom in the cart and it kind of feels like it disappeared. Like that's a great example of a bottleneck needs to have a, a congruent uh, and logical next step. And making those those kind of moves can, can be really impactful to improving that overall conversion rate. And like Kyle said, make, make you more money at the end of the day. You know, we always talk about uh, pre-sale content, essentially, you know, whether it's through our courses or, or we talk about it on the podcast all the time and hearing Kyle kind of preface CRO, we, do we, are we thinking mainly about CRO uh, through landing pages in paid acquisition funnels? Or are we also talking about the CRO of someone's organic website? Great question, Eric. Um, so, I mean, we, we're holistic now. We're, we're vertically integrated in terms of services offered because obviously, um, well, one, it's easier for our accounts to, to work with one partner. So we've centralized it all. And so our business is actually broken up in terms of CRO. We have our post-click, you know, traffic teams, which are, are, are managing landing page builds, bundles and whatnot. But then we also now offer, uh, and have for the last year or so, but Shopify builds where we actually take the learnings from, from those early tests. And then we move those into the, the other team where they're actually building, uh, taking those learnings and implementing them into uh, partner sites. So it's kind of like a two-pronged approach, but it, it works quite well with our testing philosophy. So with these landing pages, I know, you know, it, part of this audit is we review, you know, all funnel material. What are we looking for? And, and what, what can our listeners take in terms of what we're looking for in these pre-sale pages, Evan? Um, I think the first thing that I always look for, um, whether it's pre-sale page or whether it's just straight to straight to site, um, is just making sure that, and you know, it's going back to like your, your marketing 101 stuff and thinking about the customer journey and the user experience as they go through it, right? You want to make sure that the message you're trying to get across, is, there's continuity in the message you're trying to get across from as soon as they click the ad and they've just first heard about your brand potentially on Facebook or Instagram to the point that they're they're checking out. How do you do that? It, it's literally going through doing your own audit of your own flows right now, right? Go into your ad library, click some of your ads, go through it, see where that see where that ad brings you and try to separate yourself, leave your ego wherever it might be and go through the landing page that you've just sent this customer to and see if it actually makes sense and see if it's actually going to scratch the itch that they were hoping to get by clicking that ad. And then once they start going through that and you start looking at the content you're giving them then and seeing all the different value you're trying to provide and talk about the product or service you're selling, you'll be able to connect it a lot more to the data that you're seeing on the back end. And then after the landing page, right? So on your landing page, you're going to have some really strong copy. You're going to be getting across, overcoming objections, really going into the USPs of the product, probably adding a little bit of urgency as you start getting down towards the end of the page. And then even when you bring them to, you know, whether it's like a preloaded card or whether you bring them to Shopify or wherever it might be, it's continuing that sale, that same message, right? Like you might have, might be talking about some promo code or offer um, along the landing page and even in the ad. But then when they get to the checkout page and suddenly that, promo code isn't there or the offer isn't there or there's something that's caused some kind of confusion that's where you're going to see people start dropping off so having that continuity the whole way through and the the messaging that brings them through from the the point in which they've been curious about it to the point in which they're literally typing in their credit card details is, is a super super important play well, well said, Evan. What happens a lot of the time, depending on, you know, how many partners are involved or, you know, how dynamic the team is, there's usually a disconnect from like the ad through to kind of that, that, that process. And to, to Evan's point, tying that all together, using your, that best narrative that brought your customer in from that ad and pushing that all the way through into the cart makes a big difference. And so well, well said, Evan. Ultimately, what you're trying to do on Facebook and Instagram is get people off the platform, right? And onto your, into your funnels. People are going to Instagram 
to buy things or Facebook. Maybe some people do, but most people don't do that, right? They're they're doom scrolling. They're just trying to get some serotonin from looking at content. So if you're pulling them, why can't off, we be joy scrolling? Sometimes joy scrolling, yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's call it joy scrolling. Um, you know, people are just scrolling through, trying to get the kick out of that content, and you pull them off. You gotta give them a reason to stay, right? You gotta, you know, it's not obviously you're not trying to imitate Instagram on your landing page, but you're trying to give them a reason to stay connected and to ultimately go through with the purchase. Because if they get pissed off or bored or lose concentration or there's something broken on your page, a pop up that's blocking your checkout or something like that, you've lost them. They're gone. So. And if you've done it right, it lets the creative do its job. So it lets you focus on creative that's maybe scroll stopping or disruptive without maybe having to tell the whole product story in your ad. You know, when you build these landing pages that tell the story like you've described it, it lets the ad focus on stopping the scroll and getting them off the platform to the site. And then the site does the majority of the heavy lifting, the the, the pre-sell page. Yeah, there's two, two schools of thought there also. Like you can actually... You know, we call them pre-sell pages or, you know, people call them splash pages or whatever, but you can actually do that in a video also. And so you can, you have two options, basically. You build that, you know, that story that in our case, which we love, you know, the founder's story. We just always the go-to one, take that home, make a founder's story, make some money. Um, make a landing page on a founder's story. Yeah. Or, or you do the same thing in, you know, in a 60-second video and you actually skip that, that landing page work. Often what we'll do is take the, the landing page winnings and then put them into videos. Um, and then we push the landing page learnings visually into the, into the actual build of the store and, uh, it, it works, it works pretty well. One last point on this, I just wanted to get across here and I, cause I see it in the notes is this idea of different kinds of pre-sale pages, different kinds of landing pages, whether your funnel is in the prospecting or the, or the retargeting phase, depending on where they are in, in that funnel. That's a tactic that we like to do. We like to audit in when we're, we're looking at, at clients funnels as well. Totally, like it, it, it's a similar enough mindset and approach to the to the ad side and the ad strategy side. What we would generally look at is for those top of funnel prospecting customers, you know, the, the, the main priority of that landing page or pre-sale page, whatever you want to call it, is to just get the information across, right? Keep people engaged, get people informed and, you know, really explain to people why it is they need this product or they, they need this product in their life or why they want to get it. But you always leave a little mystery at the end there so that you get them into the next space. 100%. Right above the fold. Just just, just a little bit of a taste, a little bit of curiosity. Don't, you don't want to give all your information away straight away, right? That, that's one more quick tip takeaway. So if you're looking at like your sequence on, on platform through all the way to your cart, like you, you want to leave a little carrot. Like you leave a little breadcrumb trail going through each thing and that just ties back to that continuity if you have mystery or a little bit more to discover on each step your click-through rates increase and when your click-through rates increase 30 percent you made a lot more money just like a hardy boys novel they ended every chapter on a on a hook and that's that's how they kept me reading for all those years same with like literally every show on netflix <laughs> literally every show on netflix it's down to a science you know, it's a formula it's the exact same formula Tax season is over, but that doesn't mean your e-commerce company shouldn't stay on top of things. It's a hassle trying to find a strategic tax advisor that can ensure you have the right financial data needed to make critical business decisions. Look no further. The veteran team at 1-800-ACCOUNTANT has your back. Boost your profitability with 1-800-ACCOUNTANT, America's largest virtual accounting firm. They have the on-demand accountants you need to formulate your year-round tax strategy. They offer an entire suite of professional services, including payroll and bookkeeping, to make sure that your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Get started today by scheduling a free appointment at 1-800-ACCOUNTANT.COM DTC. 
Speak to an expert who will show you how to get the most out of your business year round. That's 1-800-ACCOUNTANT.COM slash DTC to schedule an appointment now. So I feel like we've covered pages and, and site builds. Uh, what are we looking at next in terms of these funnel audits for the CRO side of things? So the next thing I really want to touch on here is, is offer. And to be honest, like just speaking from experience, so far this year, offer level changes have been the main needle drivers for me, like what's actually really changing performance. It's especially important if you have a larger you know, collection or ability to create different combinations of, of offers and, and products. Um, but really asking that question of like, you know, if, is this product that I'm selling something that is in the realm of impulse buys? Like, could someone buy this in a direct response kind of way, or is it going to require uh, a longer consideration phase? Maybe it's um, just based on the average order value or, or many, many potential reasons. One of the things you can do, and this is especially relevant if you're a CPG brand or you have um, a store with bundleable products, is to create compelling offers and to try and position them as a starter pack or the you know the, the first time purchase uh, aligned type item that's specifically catered for someone who is whether it's doom scrolling or you know joyful scrolling like they're they're just seeing it and like you're trying to align with where they're at and acknowledging the fact that they you know realistically especially if it's a prospecting ad it's just the first time that that they're getting this information an analogy i think i gave the last time i was on the dtc podcast was sometimes the best way to sell someone coffee is to sell them coffee creamer first because coffee is a notoriously brand loyal there's a ton of brand affinity you're the main obstacle you're you're up against selling someone coffee is the coffee that they already have in their cupboard like people don't want to switch and so if you can think about your brand like that what are the aversions that people have to uh, buying is it because it's something new that they are already interested in well what's your trojan horse and and then you can start to deliver those you know maybe higher value product offers like down the road um i I love that liam just in that like that in that vein i know recently like working with just this idea of a trojan or like it's not even a tripwire it's just a really interesting product like that could be impulse low price point you come in you get through the funnel a little bit but you know at, we built this flow where super super cool garlic press really innovative sounds simple and the, put him to a landing page the whole top half of the landing page is about how amazing this garlic press is right and you go down a little bit more a little bit of a founder story and then it's like oh damn these guys do a bit more and then we bundled up it's like outfit your whole kitchen and then we did you know we had the garlic press at the top and then we had three different bundles with you know different different you know wholesale pricing or whatever and those bundles were like four items which included the garlic press seven items which included the garlic press and call it nine items right the whole kitchen and our AOV went instantly up our conversion rates were up and um, you know the teams I think doubled the EPC on, on that specific campaign and flow so um, really really good shout there and good takeaway if you have multiple SKUs. On this Perry Belcher podcast I did recently, he brought up this idea of premiums and he gave the example I thought was so cool of the Sports Illustrated football phone. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember the Sports Illustrated football phone, but what a big deal that was where people were getting the subscription as like a byproduct of really wanting that football phone. So if you can come up with with products that people love as well and put those top of funnel, it's it's kind of similar to what, to what you were mentioning, Liam, about uh, the Trojan horse in a way, right? 100%. Hundred percent. You can like. It's just about getting creative and getting your foot in the door. 
So what else in this uh, CRO audit that would we like to draw attention to for our listeners' benefit? It could be a good, uh, a good segue just into the promotions piece. So I know we've covered a lot of the CRO stuff, um, but I, I think... There's the, probably a few more we have to hit there. The one that we have to hit in CRO is page speed. I know this is like, it's like the hidden iceberg of, that would, would sinks probably a lot of campaigns out there. What, what wisdom do we have around page speed? How fast do our pages have to be? As fast as possible you can with the resources you have around you, basically. There's things that you can do, like don't load YouTube videos in the actual page itself. Load it in a pop-up uh, on that page. In that pop-up, the video can play, and underneath that, you have a call to action inside of that too. So you have like a funnel within a funnel. That's a really good hack. That'll that'll decrease your load times drastically. Um, basic stuff like image sizing and whatnot. There's some new tech out there, Lodi files that load quite quickly, so you can get your animations um, done that way. The designers and creatives out there listening, but I'm sure most of the marketers uh, don't know this yet. I just discovered it myself uh, this month, <laughs> and I'm and I'm pretty hands on. Um, also, like minimize your trackers. Like a lot of people like overload on trackers, so. If you're using Hotjar or heat mapping or if you have like analytics tools, use those to get your early data to optimize your stuff, but then get them off your site. Like if you're not using them, don't let them sit there. If you have partners that are just like loading you up with trackers, be like, hey, are you still using this? Please get it off my site. You're killing my load time. You can check out your load times really easily by right clicking, go to inspect in Chrome, load up the page. It'll show you a bunch of bars that are red, all the red stuff you want to get off your site. Great insight there. And there's several other points in the CRO audit that, that we would be covering. Things like cart experience and upsells, page speed, LTV and subscriptions, as well as providing must-use page templates. All valuable stuff for people building out their funnel. On the other side of customer experience, we have an audit on the promotions that a brand runs over, I guess, a calendar year. What, what sort of insights can we provide on promotions for our listeners based on these audit points? So this is one of the one of the points that at first glance doesn't seem like you know one of the more sexy topics on on the audit, but it's crazy just how impactful like having a, a, a promo calendar can really be. We all know like the frantic nature of, of daily optimizations, planning ahead, and the worst place to be in is when a you know a, a potential tentpole event uh, comes up on you and you feel behind or that you've left money on on the table. Uh, and I think this is really important for brands who aren't doing this. Start early, build momentum before the event. Um, even launching, you know, lead generation tactics or you know pre-sale opportunities. Hit the sale really hard, and then urgency, 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 and then potentially even extending. Right, so like have that last day with that urgency email blast and, and push on Facebook, and then extend it anyways, and really just try to squeeze every dollar you possibly can out of those events that you can tie increased conversion rates to. And it's really just about taking advantage of um, you know those positive shifts and in, in, uh, increased purchase intent from from people. There's one more thing for brands, um, you know, premium premium luxury that you know are kind of not into promotions. Um, you know, logically, it's against their brand. But there's other things that you can do beyond discounting, right? And you know, that could include adding a free product. You know, that football, Eric, you mentioned, uh, maybe not a premium offer, but um, <laughs> you know, think about things too where you can add value for seasonality and and get ahead of that with your scheduling because. Um, Customers can, and you know, a small percentage of your customers will just wait for promotions, seeing that you're probably a, a promotion brand, and that's okay. Like that's okay. They're coming back. It's part of your overall strategy, and on average, it's working for you. But for those premium brands, you know, we really do think about you know 
other ways to, to still monetize and within seasonality because it's really important. Just on that note, Kyle, um, I've seen a lot of brands do do that too, where it might not even be a case that they just don't want to do promotions, but it's just a nice way to like split up between promotional periods where they might be seeing like a dip in performance and, and like launching things like limited edition drops or like exclusive VIP drops, um, just creating that urgency, but creating that exclusivity as well for people. Um, same with like subscriptions as well, if, if it's if it's applicable to the product. Subscriptions are an easy thing to discount while keeping your main price point stable for you know premium purposes because it's obvious you're trying to get them as a long term customer and you know I think people are used to that they're not they're not you're not tarnishing your brand by doing that well said well said of and then finally just launching products right aside from promotions and discounts I think that's that's just an underlooked um, opportunity to engage your customer like whenever you are launching new products you can you can use the same strategies of, of you know collecting your VIP list and launching it to them first and there's probably all sorts of cool things you can do on product launches what what insights do we have on just sort of general product launches that's all we do Eric what do you mean that's <laughs> <laughs> true it's true yeah. we pretty much just talked about it I was writing copy uh, for, our, for our site recently and I thought back to like back when we were working together I was like how many products have we launched probably a fair number 10,000 10 between the podcast it's got an agency that launched 10,000 products uh that was a pretty cool podcast today guys thanks for coming on to discuss uh the cro component of pilot house's new audit product uh, so if you're interested in uh, having your brand inspected, I'm just counting them up here. It's about a 40-point audit. You can go to pilothouse.co, fill out a contact form, let them know you heard this podcast and you're interested. Uh, we've done a few of them. And uh, as I was saying last time, it's about a 50 or 60-page document of deep insights. I've read a few of them and just learned a lot myself uh, kind of going through them. So I'm excited to kind of continue to launch this. And, you know, I, I think it's something we can kind of continually check back in on, Liam, just because you're, you're going to be continually generating insights along each of these points that we can share uh, with everyone on the podcast. 100%, man. Like I said, they're, they're long and they're detailed and uh, they're only getting better so far. So I'm stoked to, to, stoked to keep them going. Very cool. Well, who wouldn't want to work with Liam? Look at this guy. Oh, stop. That's all, stop. That's all I got to say. All right, guys. Uh, have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you guys. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumer, all one word, dot co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.